Get ready. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Weekly Cooldown. I am Kamijace, your host for another episode. If you're joining us for the first time, what a great time to join us. This is the show where we get to know the gaming news of the week and we get to know our guest. It is episode 126 of the Weekly Cooldown. It is April 30th. And you know what? Uh, something real cool is happening. Uh, <laughs> we have a kind of a, a semi-regular addition to the podcast. You've heard him before if you've listened to the show before. Um, please welcome who I'm calling my sometimes co-host, Paul. Hey, what's up? Uh, I believe uh, in the Discord message I sent you, I, I was the semi-regular guestish host, is what I, yes, what I described Yes, semi-regular guestish host, a.k.a. sometimes co-host, a.k.a. the energy that I need to get through this day. Yeah. Um, so welcome, welcome, Paul, <laughs> as my some, sidekick in this in this journey uh, on this, the 126th episode yeah. so of if you like the hearing- show. If you like hearing my voice, I've got good news. You're going to be hearing a lot more of my voice. And mm-hmm, if you thought mm-hmm. that I ruined the energy of the show and made it worse, well... We're going to slather it on like mayo sucks. on a sandwich. Yep. yep. It's just more of that's happening. So <laughs> get used to it. Rate five stars. Thank you. Uh, Paul is going to help me out with some of these headlines that we've got. So, Paul, are you ready to get started? Yeah, let's do it. All right. I'll take the first one. Here we go. Sony held a short Sony State of Play on Thursday to show off some of the gameplay for the latest Ratchet & Clank title, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. Fans were given 16 minutes of gameplay footage, which showed the titular Ratchet tra- traversing a new town called Nefarious City. Fans will be excited to jump back into the fairly familiar gameplay that takes advantage of the DualSense's adaptive triggers as well. Additionally, fans may be excited to to learn about Rivet, the female counterpart to Ratchet, voiced by Jennifer Hale. So far, it seems new fans and old fans are very excited to play the game, which is set to release on June 11th of this year. In a recent game development conference state of the game industry survey, a question was asked of game developers, what do you think is a justifiable amount of your game's revenue for digital stores to take? According to the results of the survey, most game developers are not too happy with Steam's 30%. The survey polled over 3,000 game industry professionals from North America and Europe. Only 3% said they found Steam's cut to be justifiable, and about 43% of respondents said that a 10 to 15% cut is justified. In a related story, Microsoft seems to be following suit behind Epic and lowering their cut to 12%. When Epic set up Epic Game Store, they declared almost immediately that 30% was too much, which seemed to challenge the other other digital uh, marketplaces as well. Xbox Game Studio head Matt Booty wrote in a blog post that, quote, Game developers are at the heart of bringing great games to our players, and we want them to find success on our platforms. As he announced changes to the Microsoft terms of PC game developers. 
the, the reduction on the Microsoft Store will take place on August 1st. Skullgirls is getting some news in the form of a new DLC character. Back in March, Skullgirls players received a season pass option, which included the character Annie of the Stars, new digital art, and new soundtrack items, and will have three other characters between now and the end of 2021. On May 6th, Autumn Games will reveal the identity and hopefully release date of the next 2021 character, for which fans have many speculations. Again, Skullgirls players and fans can expect this new character reveal on May 6th. And finally, the multiplayer game mode that was set to release alongside Resident Evil Village has been delayed. Resident Evil Reverse has been delayed until this summer for the time being, while Village itself seems to be on the way as of May 7th. Capcom's developer Twitter said that they are still seeing issues with Reverse's matchmaking during the open beta and have decided to suspend the beta and the game until they are able to resolve the issue. Okay, before you continue, I need to just Whoa. say one thing. Matt Booty? Really? That's his Matt name? Booty. Yeah, I that's, feel bad. That's beautiful. It's no, I'm, like I'm happy a, for him, honestly. It's a great name. It is. It's a great name. I love you, Matt Booty. All my favorite things, Matt and Booty. Anyways... <laughs> Those are the headlines for this week. Um, of course, if you have any other headlines you'd like to talk about, anything you want to discuss with us, uh, you can reach me at Common Jace Gaming on Twitter. You can also reach the Weekly Cooldown on Twitter at WK Cooldown. And maybe you can find Paul. Paul, do you want to be Yeah, reached? of course. Um, if you want to, since I'm going to be on here semi-regularly now, you can reach me <laughs> at Paul's Rock and Twit on Twitter. If you want to have any gameplay stuff, you, any game moves you want to talk about or have us talk about on the show, shoot it my way as well. Very good, very good, very good. Well, Paul, it's so nice to have you here. Of course. Because... Now, like, we, we can talk more often about video games. Isn't yeah. that great? And um, I, 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 did, I did say, whenever I, whenever I pitched this idea to Kami Jace, I didn't want to ruin the, the tone of the show too much. Because <laughs> I, I actually did go through and I read some of the reviews for this podcast. And one of them said that your calming voice was a major draw for them. So I don't want to be like this wrecking ball that comes in and just turns the energy up to 11. But, you know... <laughs> I, I enjoy being on this podcast, and I like the conversations that we have. So I, yes. I, I, it was it was kind of a selfish request, but I also just I like this podcast, man. It's a good podcast. I want to be a part of. God it. bless, God bless, God bless. Great podcast. Hey, if you think it's a great podcast, you heard what Paul said. People are reviewing it. <laughs> you should true. do that too. Um, but it is really welcome, at least for me. Um, I don't know. It's kind of common yeah, to, I know, me um, to I have know someone to kind of lean on when I when I need some extra words. To working by yourself is just yeah. It can be a drag. I've I I've tried to work on solo projects before, and I just can't. I can't do it, man. I, I'm surprised I, that I've kept it up this long, if I'm quite honest. This has been going since, like, what, 2018, 2017? Something now? like that, it's yeah. It's honestly amazing that you've been going this long. And I've I, taken a lot of breaks, but I I love doing it, so... Yeah, it's, keep it's up incredible. It. I'm, yeah. I'm honestly amazed that you've kept it up this long, and I'm glad Thanks to be a so part much. of it. Yeah, yeah, I really appreciate that. Hey, Corey, you got something to say over there? Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's I... another person. Hi. Hi. Am I? Am I also? What? Can I? Can I be part of the praise train? What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> Corey's Corey. here. Uh, Corey, it's been a while since you've been on. Yeah, you know, you know me. I'm usually the uh, the Magfest reporter. I guess is the only thing <laughs> I can call myself. Except, you know, there hasn't been a Magfest for two years now, so it's a little, yeah. you know, pan pandemic ruins everything. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's okay. They've had some reorganization to go through. And... I was going to say, oh, what a shame there has been no MAGFest. Yeah, I was going to say. And also, like, I'm also not a person who wants to go to conventions in the current situation. So, right. yeah. while, my, while my main gig on podcast side, at least, has disappeared, I'm glad to just be here, share this room, and share this energy with y'all. Nice. Is it... Mm-hmm. Corey, is this our first time being on the podcast together? Um, I don't think you were at the prior two MAGFest side I reported. They know, definitely so, yeah. not. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the first. I think. That's exciting. Wow. A first all around. This is a iconic episode, episode 126. If you can remember that number, I can. Um, Corey, what have you? What are you playing? What are you doing? Oh my God! Uh, it's been a heck of a good few weeks, uh, and I have been all over the place games wise. I mean, mm. I finally broke and bought Monster Hunter Rise, so of that's course. been my primary time sink whenever I'm not at my computer. Largely because, like with World, you know, that was great. I liked being able to play on a more powerful system, but Rise bringing it back to the somewhat handheld roots of being on the Switch sort mm. of brings it back to what appealed to me about it originally, which is just a good action game that I can take with me. So that's been that. But besides that, like there's been a lot of stuff, a uh, friend of the, is it, is it cool if I call him friend of the cast, Rich? <laughs> yeah. He's not, he, we've, we've mentioned, him we've discussed him so many times now. Nice. Yeah. 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 No, he got me uh, back into Tekken seven and now I've been attempting King grab Nirvana and that constantly I haven't really reached that level yet, but we'll see in a couple of years. You're and ahead then... of me in that regard. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, you'll catch up. Um, and then besides that, too, there's been Binding of Isaac Repentance, Apex. We picked up Ultra Fight Dakyanta 2 for fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah wild. Did. And then Disco Elysium's final cut release. So it's been, like, a really broad... Yes. Very like, robust. Sim, yeah, across the genres. Library. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Very good. Paul, what are you doing? What are you playing? I mean, God, listening to what Corey just said, I think my... my path of gameplay playing games playing is kind of mirroring his um he's the one that bought me disco elysium which i i don't think i've touched since the stream but <laughs> i need to go back to it at some point um i've also been playing a lot of binding of isaac repentance um binding of isaac is a game i've played off and on since it came out in 2011 it was one of the first games i ever streamed i've got an old let's play of it i put on youtube forever ago i put a few episodes up of that um also playing kianta um Kami Jace, you were there for that. I was. I yeah. was there for that. I um, enjoy that game too much. <laughs> it's, it's very it was, It's really good. I think we should play it again soon. Um, we, we played should. a little bit more Tekken recently, which, again, I've, I I talked about last time I was on the show. I'm still not a huge fan of Tekken, but I picked up Paul Phoenix, um, no relation, and he's no relation. been a... Um, He's he's been a little bit more interesting for me than playing Akuma. Uh, speaking of Akuma, we've also been playing a little bit of Street Fighter Five. Actually, I'm looking at Steam right now, and Richard is actually labbing as we speak. <laughs> he's getting ready for you. He's, yeah, he's Richard. Up Richard's, Richard's been playing a lot more Street Fighter Five, which is funny because like just a week ago he was trashing all over it, and now he's like getting super into it. Which <laughs> you is, can always which is count great. on him for that. I know. Though. I know. <laughs> It's great. Like like he's like he puts it. Like he likes fighting games a lot. So it's really about the balance of like an individual game versus how much he likes fighting games. As and a that's player. not me trashing on Richard. I legitimately love that he is very dynamic with his opinions. Yeah. That he um he's not afraid to change his mind, which mm. I think a lot of people are. 
he's yeah. willing to go like, hmm, you know, actually, maybe maybe I had a misjudge. And I, I, I would like to think I'm the same way, but I still kind of trash on Tekken a lot, so maybe not. Um, <laughs> what else? Oh, yeah. Um, I also have been borrowing Marcy's copy of Nier version 1.2, um, Nier Replicant, which just came out not too long ago. Um, I've been getting started on that. Marcy and I were actually playing through Nier... Nier is it Gestalt? Gestalt. Gestalt. I think Gestalt. it's Gestalt, yeah. We, we were playing through Nier Gestalt on the Xbox 360, and we got fairly far in it. Well, not fairly far. We got kind of far in it. We got past mm-hmm. the, um, the spoiler midpoint of the first ending, and then, like, ha- halfway through the second half, so, like, three-quarters of the way into the game, I kind of ground to a halt. That was kind of on me because I was the one controlling the game, but mm-hmm. I'm sort of giving myself a second chance with the classic Nier, and honestly, the gameplay feels a lot more satisfying this time around. Um, the the original one, it, it was fine. Like, there were a lot of things that, obviously, Platinum solidified and made more satisfying in Nier Automata and going into Nier Replicant and feeling the changes that were made from from Gestalt over to Replicant version Mm -hmm. 1.22 it definitely feels a lot more satisfying to play and I think I can see myself sticking with it even if they still kept some of the more frustrating um, design choices like random sliding box puzzles that don't really do much for the gameplay or a mini boss against a boar that is way harder than really you should be fighting at that point in the game <laughs> the boar. as a great. side quest. That mm. boar is infamous, and I'm and, I, and I'm, I'll be honest, I'm kind of glad they didn't make it easier. <laughs> they yeah, can still yeah. be cheesed, of course, but like, man, what is that design choice? What 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 were they thinking? Anyway, well, I've been playing a lot I of mean, different stuff. What what is Joker Taro and subsequently his team ever thinking? That's a good point. What is Square Enix thinking, allowing this person to keep <laughs> making video games? They need to stop him. Apparently he nothing. Like I, and re- like reading on that too. Like, no, that was the Drakengard series, not near specifically, but like how much like momentum carried forward, right? Like through Drakengard mm-hmm. three, now onto near like Replicant and Gestalt and Automata after that, and now before. Yeah. So it's been interesting seeing how Square Enix deals with Yoko Taro. <laughs> and like how they kind of just let him do what he wants. He's like, what if Hideo Kojima was a little bit nuttier, a little bit loonier, and worked for a studio that just let him do whatever the fuck he wanted? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Hideo Kojima, I guess, is probably going to catch up to Yoko Taro in that case because now that he is not with Konami. Oh yeah, he's instead with now. Sony. Yeah, and his own studio. He's probably just going to be like, "Well, time to go nuts. Time to get buck and, wild." I mean, Death Stranding is already a good sign of things to come. Like, if, yeah, if that, if that momentum keeps up in in Kojima's future games, I think between him and Yoko Taro, we're going to be getting some pretty nutty releases in the I next love it. decade. It's my favorite thing to hear. I love what it. What about you, Mister so Kami Jace? Hey, look at this. Mm. I'm I'm a, I'm a guestish host now. I can turn it around on you and not feel weird about it. Hey, Kami Jace, what about you? What you playing? What you up to? <laughs> so, like a lot of you, it's been fighting games galore, because uh, yeah. we hang out together. Um, I just yelled at Richard uh, to make a Kianta chat, because I need that. Um, <laughs> oh, you literally did, like, five minutes ago, <laughs> during great. the podcast. <laughs> I truly want him to make a Kianta chat. Um, I love that game so much. It's so nutty and... Just I'll wild, right now, and I'll make it for you. everything everything that's good about a fighting game is good about that game. Um, I've also been kind of poking at Grand Blue. Um, I do enjoy Grand Blue as a fighter, and I play Fairy on that, which is indicative of 
everything and nothing at the same time. For if you know me as a fighting games player, um, who usually goes for grapplers, um, and it's been a it's been a good time. I learn a lot from Richard, and he seems to be a decent teacher. He is. as um as far as fighting games go. Um, I've also been poking at Final Fantasy fourteen. If you don't know, I play that a lot. Um, what? What? I have, Never. <laughs> Never heard that. I have. <laughs> um, I had one character that I role played on because that was my whole deal, and then I kind of got sick of him after playing that one character for many years. I don't know since twenty fourteen, um, and so now I have seven children <laughs> to call my own, yes. and they are all role Chase. play characters yes that is that's uh that's what happens when you get ideas um they're all roleplay characters but they're also all behind on the msq and some of the raids yeah so i'm catching those people up and it's actually been a lot of fun to play the different roles and classes that i have them on so it's not all bad it's not all bad i'm just an insane person it's okay (laughs) so so when's the narrative podcast for like the the whole (laughs) story you just voice act all the characters because i will probably make it i i um i (laughs) a couple weeks ago i was saying like hmm i'm kind of getting into baseball i should make a baseball podcast and then someone said make it a baseball narrative podcast and i have notes for that and i'm good probably making it at some point nice not not anytime soon but (laughs) it's on the list i'm just saying if you ever make the final fantasy narrative podcast paul winnie hindrini does does voice match with me and i did that intentionally. <laughs> I, I actually intentionally picked the voice pack that sounded the closest to my voice it's it's kind oh. of like it so for the for lalafels there's not very many adult sounding voices mm, for the for no. the men but like there is the one that's kind of go like ah ah like it's it's, <laughs> it's in my voice range i could very reasonably voice well, paul hooney and journey <laughs> we're putting that on the list along yep, with put the, in the notes. You seven other podcast ideas i've had just in the 10 minutes we've been recording so nice very good very good very good indeed so um before you go go on i'm gonna bring this up because it is relevant to the to the first talking point we have i've actually been playing league of legends again um with Corey actually (laughs) my my girlfriend um the reason i bring this up is because it's our first talking point but um my girlfriend recently got super into wild rift and so as a result i've been playing league of legends with her we've been streaming it some and just very recently Corey reinstalled the game and we played a couple games together (laughs) on stream and it's been going i'm calling you out don't name and shame me i already player you filthy league of legends player we all we all all feed here uh well um and now that's out about me sorry everybody i gotta leave bye (laughs) oh no there he goes you know what it's okay we can cut it that's what editing's for (laughs) you edit this podcast right edit all right, so moving on to the talking points. Um, <laughs> so the reason well, I brought up League of Legends, you go we will it. actually be moving on to the talking points after after a quick break because <laughs> we got to take a quick break. Cheers. So we will be right back with more show. You creep through the lush forest past a bubbling brook. Suddenly, a twig snaps behind you and you draw your sword. Your neutron pistol shakes in your hand as you step into the abandoned starport. You try to ping the captain, but the comms are dead. Then you see her, 
Under the streetlight, a woman smoking a cigarette. Her sly smile reminds you of The Witness. She draws bullets in the dirt. Chestnut whinnies you hot Taylor, but not before your arm tastes hot lead. Many Realms is an actual play RPG podcast with short campaigns and a variety of systems. Where to next? Fast and Furious, that's what the Street Writers Podcast is. Ten minutes each week on writing, motivation, inspiration, and activation. With guests that range from Academy Award winners to convicts, all of whom will blow you away with tips and tricks to get your short story, screenplay, novel, play, comic book, or business presentation off the ground and kicking ass. Mark Bellucci and Dan Chichester award mercenaries who have had plays and short stories published, films produced, and comic books authored for Marvel, in addition to copywriting for various ad agencies. No, it's not the boring, highfalutin writing class you suffered through in high school. It's a pure shot of creative adrenaline as we take writing off its high horse and bring it to the streets. Got 10 minutes? Then check out Street Writers and get writing. Welcome back to the show. So, it's time to get into the real news of the week. There was a lot of news this week, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of hard to narrow down some topics, but there's some uh, some shady things going on. And then, like, a cool thing at the bottom. So, we're going to end on a good note, unlike the last time Paul was here when we had to go and dig for a good news. We, we had to find good news. We had yes. to look for it. And the news that we found was actually just destroying capitalism. Yeah. That's and yeah, generally yeah. good news. God God bless. So this time uh, is going to be... Uh, God, I wish it was the same, but it isn't. Um, we're going to start with, as Paul alluded to, uh, Riot Games and League of Legends. Uh, so... Riot Games is in the news this week for shutting down a fan-made League of Legends legacy server. Uh, the game and developer project was known as Chrono Shift. Riot confirmed recently that it sent a cease and desist letter to the developers. Riot also confirmed, however, that they warned Chrono Shift and the team behind it not to go ahead with their project to run a 10-year-old version of the League of Legends server. Um, the developers on Chrono Shift state that they have been working on the project for five years and that they were approached by someone alleging to be a member of Riot's security department team. However, Riot has since denied those allegations. So, uh... So, the first thing I'm going to do before we get this started is I have put an image that was posted on the League of Legends subreddit of the conversation that was had between one of the lead developers on Chrono Shift and Riot Games, um, Riot, Riot Zed, who is one mm-hmm. of the employees, the, the the security person that they ported to reach out from. And first of all, Riot did confirm this was a member of Riot Games and that they were trying to re- they were trying to resolve it quote unquote casually or like, you know, without having to get legal involved. And mm-hmm. the person that they talked to was like, okay, hey, uh just have a lawyer contact us. Let's just do this legit. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and so I, I, I do want to point out a few of the lines that were spoken by Riot Zed in this conversation. Um, oh let, me, let me see if I can find it, because there's a lot of really good stuff. 
let me see if I can Please. find a good line here. Hold on. Where is it? I, oh, yeah. Well, the final line, of course, is I wish I could say it has been a pleasure, <laughs> which is a great yeah. way to start things off. It's, it's ter- just, like there's there's just a lot incredibly going on hostile. Yeah. Yeah. So, they, first of all, in this conversation, Riot Zed basically says that they want them to hand over the chronoshift.dev website to Riot Games, hand over all the source code for the project, um, tell them all identifiable information that they shared with another developer and what identifiable information they shared with you, and not required, but they'd be curious to know how they, how they and another person broke down the workload. And were pretty much the... Um, they were trying to get this information because since it's considered a copyright infringement by Riot Games, that's actually standard practice. And Riot does say in the article that is linked that that is generally something that they are generally going to do anytime that they mm-hmm. do this. They also implied that Zed, Zed implies that they are following their their stuff in real time, like what they're doing. And at, at some point he says something along, of, along the lines of, your project may be chrono shift, but I assure you the chrono break is coming. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so fucking stupid. It, it reads so much like, I don't know, like something out of cyberpunk or something like that. Like yeah. the, the, the dialogue seems so scripted in a way that this has to be the video game itself at this point. Yeah. Like, no, this is the game. I found the exact line. You've obviously put a lot of work into Chrono Shift, but I assure you that the Chrono Break is coming. Italics for emphasis on yeah. Shift and Break, by the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and the dude that he's speaking to, Lord Lathendron, is just like, can you fucking stop? Yeah. <laughs> he's just like, can you just talk to me like a fucking adult? And I'm like, yeah, same. Honestly. And so eventually, after this conversation, this dude was literally just like, just have a fucking lawyer contact us, please. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and yeah. so law- and so Riot got their lawyers, they wrote an official cease and desist, and then Colonel Shift was like, okay, fair enough. We'll we'll comply. But they were like, why the fuck did you do this first? What was this? Yeah. yeah <laughs> and yeah. even Riot was like, alright, well, fair you know you still have to do this this is our this is our copy copywritten stuff but like they aren't really big fans of how zed handled things and it was it was kind of um it was kind of presented as extortion by the people on reddit when a lot of other legal experts pointed out like hey you know this is pretty standard procedure you know if Mm. you're building stuff off of copywritten software then they have the right to determine what was used in this and see what actions they need to take, if any. Now, as always, I've, I've spoken about this before, but you can get into the weeds of whether or not copyright law is fair or valid or something that should be enforced the way it currently is. Um, you know, Mickey Mouse went a long way to determine that something can yeah. be held on to for way longer than it probably should be before it goes into public domain. Right. But mm-hmm. in this case, you know, it's a derivative product. They're using copywritten resources to try and produce a, a legacy server. Which, by the way, I do want to point out, Chrono Shift never actually released. Um, they yes. were working on it. It was a five-year project that they had been working on, essentially trying to recreate season one of League of Legends. Never came out. Um, but Riot is still within the rights to go, hey, no, you can't do this. Shut it down. And, right. I mean, this all makes sense to me, pretty much. Although, the way that Zed handled himself is just fucking embarrassing. Yeah. So... I guess I don't know. This this story is largely not about any unfairness Mm-mm. on you know from Riot to Chrono Shift, mm-hmm. but it is largely about kind of 
raining in your employees a little bit or something like that because to send someone into discord no less by the way yeah um to kind of muscle in a little bit to try and get not only the resources but also the dot dev um uh website that they have like that's a lot (laughs) you couldn't pick up a phone or like send an email or something like yeah that's what particularly struck me because i was sitting there going like reading through that specific thing and just some of what was sent out really was one of those things where it's like you probably should have just at this point started with official correspondence and yeah. maybe just left it at that. I mean, it was opinions about this, copyright aside, that's really weirdly unprofessional. And I, it, yeah. I, like I feel like this speaks to Riot's ongoing issues, which it's had with professionality. Um, Riot, mm-hmm. it started as a scrappy independent company of like 20 people who stole a bunch of stuff from Dota All-Stars and made it successful game out of it and in a lot of ways they've grown past that but in a lot of ways that mentality hasn't entirely changed like the fact that Trendemere, the the main guy at riot is still at the head of things after all the um issues that they've had over the past literal decade kind of speaks volumes to how little the um actual culture has changed at riot despite you know the the changes that have gone through Riot. Riot is a way bigger company than its than its executive office now. But mm-hmm. in a lot of in, while in a lot of ways, Riot has changed in some ways. Well, I feel like this article speaks for <laughs> itself. So yeah, right. Yeah. Um, it's not not good practices, Riot. Uh, kind of tone it down a little bit. Yeah. I know you're having fun out there, but ch- chill out, Very chill much. out, man. Cool. Chill so out, speaking Zed. of speaking of executive offices. Um, yes. Over on the Activision side of things, we always like talking about ActaBlizzard on this show. Activision uh. CEO Bobby Kotick, is it, it's Kotick, right? Kotick, Kotick yes. Yeah. Activision CEO Bobby Kotick will be taking a 50% pay cut. As we've reported here and as others have been reporting, Kotick's salary and bonuses have recently gone up in the face of some massive layoffs and firings in the past year and at the end of 2020, which included a large amount of layoffs in the esports team at Activision. It's worth noting that while Kotick has taken a pay cut, reducing excuse me, reducing his salary from about 1750000 to about 875000 he is still eligible, apparently, for other bonuses of up to 200% of his base salary. <laughs> Which, this is the funniest story to me. God, what are you yeah, doing? Know, right? <laughs> You've cut his salary from over a million dollars to nearly a million dollars. Great. And you're probably still going to pay him over a million dollars, so, you know. And from from what I was reading, like, from different sources on Twitter and on Reddit, apparently mm-hmm. he's already one of the highest paid video game studio CEOs, like, in, on the, in the video game market. So they basically just took him down from something that was extra insane to something that was, like, still pretty nuts. Yeah. Yeah. It's so hard to imagine, first of all, that we've gotten to this point in video games uh, despite the fact that it is indeed like a nearly billion dollar industry by now, where we have our like kingpin CEO of video games and it's Activision Blizzard. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> what went um, wrong? Why was why isn't it EA? Why why isn't EA why the kingpin? Not, yeah. Would it yeah, be much better right. if EA was the kingpin? No, it wouldn't be, but, like, what happened? Yeah. It would be easier to clown on them at this point. I guess so, It yeah. would be easier to clown on them, because we've been clowning on them since the early aughts. 
Yeah, EA Sports is in the game. Yeah, that's true. It's always, like, news like this is always good. Like, I'm all for, obviously, trying to distribute more money to the employees, developers, QA, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mo- and the, the strange thing for me about it, too, is, like, I'm trying to figure out what to draw this to in terms of lines. And the only other thing I could yeah. think of in terms of, like, recent equivalency was, like, Nintendo, when their executive staff, I believe, took... A similarly drastic pay cut in order to maintain pay for employees but i oh, remember the press yeah. around that was like very employee forward like hey we are doing this so our employees can maintain their level of pay it was um, right when was it when the wii u flopped right i think so when yeah the wii like, u flopped like i remember they said like iwata and a bunch of other people took pretty serious pay cuts yeah in order pretty, to pretty make massive. sure that they, they didn't they didn't lay off any employees as a result of the failure of the wii u that was something they were very publicly forward about yeah, so seeing this come literally after, one, a bunch of people get laid off in 2020 when the pandemic starts, that's a pretty wild thing to me, where it's sort of like, mm-hmm. you could have maybe done this a year earlier, and I, you would still have a pretty immense amount of money based off of this, but, like, a million is a pretty appreciable amount. Like, you can pay yeah. several people with that amount. So For the record, Activision Blizzard has been laying off employees since about 2018 as well. I was yep. going to say, um, um, they, they, this feels like three years too late and misguided. In 2019, yeah. they recorded literally record profits, the highest profits the company had ever recorded in their history, mm-hmm. and they laid off 8% of their staff. I actually checked that number as I was, as I was preparing mm-hmm. to say this. And then they laid off more people last year, and then this year they laid off have they laid off any people this year? Does that already happen? There was about 50 people in the esports um, section, and then there was a few more, I think, before that. So mm, roughly yeah. 100 to 200 people so far. So three years of, of sequential layoffs, and then the end result is, oh, okay, by the way, the CEO is taking a pay cut. What the fuck? What was the point? <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> what did you accomplish? <laughs> It's, you lay it's off truly... all these people, and then you're like, it's like it's like shooting somebody five times and then unloading the sixth bullet and saying that there's no danger. Like, <laughs> what, the, yeah. what are you it, doing? It really hurts to kind of get this news, too, um, simply because, uh, you know, you hear story after story, especially during the pandemic of people getting laid off and mm-hmm. stimulus package this and, uh, you know, whenever getting money for this thing and that thing and here is Activision Blizzard actually sitting on a pretty sizable amount of money over the past three years or so now, and they're just kind of shoveling it into the fire at this point, right? They're just kind of giving it to one guy and then laying off a bunch of people. And what else does it imply? They they lay off all these people, especially the people they lay off this year, and then the CEO takes a pay cut. Does that imply it could have been worse? Like, does that mean they could have laid yeah. off more people? Or they, they were planning on laying off more people? If I was working at Acta Blizzard after this happened, I'd be shitting my pants. I'd be like, D- how close am I to being laid off right now? Uh, I, yeah. my, one of my best friends just got laid off in the esports division, and then my CEO takes a pay cut? What the fuck? What do I do with that? It <laughs> yeah. feels so backwards. That's a, that's a weird energy. Yeah, there's there's, there's putting the cart before the horse, and then there's asking the horse to push the cart. Like, what are you? <laughs> <laughs> it's very. Um, it, it it leaves a sour taste in the mouth, uh, so to speak. Um, so that's what's happening over at Acta Blizzard. Um, I'm afraid things are getting better-ish. Um, 
as of right now, I don't believe we know where his 50% is going, but hopefully it is bolstering the salaries of those hardworking non-Jeff Kaplan people who still work there. Um, <laughs> oh, man, I just remember what the, the next one is. On the next story, yes, our next story, Humble Bundle has revealed a new system for allowing users to split their donations. In this update to the system, Humble Bundle will remove sliders that allowed users the option to adjust what percentage of money goes to publishers, charities, and to Humble themselves. The new system will have two static options instead. One, which gives 85% to publishers, 10% to Humble, and 5% to charity. The other gives, quote, extra to charity, Mm -hmm. allowing 15% to go toward the chosen charity instead. Okay. I have felt felt a rant bubbling up on this one for, like, since I saw this news. I sent this to Kami Jace the moment I saw it, Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh... Oh, no, Humble Bundle. No, 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 no. You can't do this. Uh, I Yeah, I made my tweet on April 24th, and I just posted a link to their blog post and said, Hey, at Humble, this fucking blows ass. I feel like I kind of said the, the, the baseline of what I was thinking. So here's the thing about Humble Bundle. Humble Bundle has existed for over a decade now. They started as a very simple premise. We're a company that takes games that are provided by publishers and independent companies, independent developers. We sell them at a heavy discount, and the money that we make, approximately half of it will go to charity, half of it will go to the developers. They, as far as I know, early on didn't take any money. As far as I know, it was a nonprofit, basically. Mm-hmm. I don't I want to say it was actually a nonprofit because I don't know if it was a nonprofit or not at the time. But over time, they, they got more bundles going. You know, It used to be that the Humble Bundles were numbered, so they got up to like number 10 or number 11 before they threw away the numbering system because they had too many to, to, mm-hmm. to cycle through. And then at some point, things got weird. They started bundling things besides games. They started bundling books. They started bundling applications and software. Yep. Um, then they started their own store, the Humble Store, where instead of selling bundles, they sold individual games, not usually at mm-hmm. any sort of special discount, but you could still donate to charity in some certain circumstances. And then they started a subscription program. The subscription mm-hmm. program is when things start getting fucking weird, because every month you get a set amount of games, and you, could, you knew some of the games up front and some of the games you didn't know what was coming. Obstinately, some of the money went to charity, some of the money went to um, went to Dev, some of the money went to Humble. And then they realized they weren't making enough money. That was when the things really started going sour. And then they, so they discontinued their, their old subscription system, started something called Humble Choice, where you had a set of games that you could pick from, and you could get some of those games from the money that you spent... And mm-hmm. then they realized that wasn't enough. And so they started at, at some point in all this, they started running multiple bundles at the same time, just throwing the whole fucking kitchen sink at you. At some point in this whole thing, they got bought by the company that owns IGN. And that was when things really started sliding sideways yes. because that was, Oh God, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kind of losing track of things here, but ultimately this is where things have kind of gone fully mask off over the years. It's become clearly more and more, it's become more and more clear that Humble Bundle is no longer about charity. It is about yeah. making money for the Humble Company and making money for the parent company that owns uh, that is that owns IGN. I can't remember their name off the top of my head. And now they have finally decided we've had enough. We don't want to f- fuck it. 
um, maybe publishers put some pressure on them because a lot of the money is going to publishers, but they have finally said we're going to be donating like maybe five to fifteen percent of the amount of of the money that you're going to be spending on this to charity, and everything else is going to publishers and going to humble bundle. More money, unless you choose to create unless you decide to choose the quote-unquote extra to charity option more money goes to humble bundle than goes to the charities that they are supposedly raising the money for in the little drop down i see if you spend 25 dollars on it a dollar 25 goes to charity 250 goes to humble and 21 dollars and 25 cents goes to the publishers of those mm-hmm. games now what is the reason for this? Is this the publishers putting their foot down and saying, if you don't give us enough money, we're not going to provide games anymore? Is this Humble going, hey, we realize that we need more money to keep our stuff going, or we're not making enough money to meet our ends meet? Or, hell, let's 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 be as uncharitable as possible towards this supposedly charitable d- organization. Maybe it's just greed. Maybe it's just plain up, straight up greed. They have seen, they've seen a market. They've realized that they have enough goodwill that they can burn through. Let's just see how much money we can make out of this thing before we lose all of our goodwill. And so they've created a situation where instead of being able to choose how you want to distribute your money, whenever you used to buy humble bundles, you could make it all go to charity or all go to publishers. Or if you're feeling extra magnanimous, you can donate it all to humble bundle directly. Don't know why you do that, but. Um, um, you can't do that anymore. You can't decide where your money goes. And that was always one of the core interesting things of Humble Bundle mm. that I mm-hmm. personally appreciated was that I usually did, did my split 50-50 charity publisher. I did, usually didn't give money to Humble because, I mean, what, they're a storefront. I, why would I want to reward them being a middleman? But they've decided to take the option out of the individual who is doing that. And as a result... It, You've taken all of the freedom out of what makes Humble Bundle cool. And for for what it's worth, I, I do think they do probably deserve to receive some payment. I don't feel like that payment should be on the um on the uh person who is buying stuff directly. I think that it would be more reasonable if you chose how much you went to the publisher and how much went to charity, and then of the money that went to publishers, that money could a set percentage of that could be going to the um to humble mm-hmm. bundle. Because that's how a more traditional digital storefront works is you spend money and then a percentage of the money that goes to the publisher gets taken out and goes to the storefront. I think that would be a far more reasonable way to do things, but instead they've they've done whatever this is. I don't like it. It's bad. It takes a lot of freedom out of what used to be a very feel-good charitable program, and it feels scummy. It just doesn't feel good. Mm. I didn't get quite as loud on that rant as I normally do, but that's just <laughs> you kind of carried it from the uh from the uh the five yard to the yeah. to the end zone my friend yeah <laughs> you, you, you nurtured that rant quite honestly i will say like um getting on what you had to say about the um the storefront side of things too the thing that interests me now that those two headlines have been sort of put against each other is that based off of what i'm seeing at least if we're treating humble as a company itself the one that runs the storefront then the pay cut that they're doing is about equivalent to what was answered most like i wouldn't say majority but a plurality at least of what people find to be like a more justifiable cut of the money so mm-hmm. what what they're doing does seem to be more within what like 
standard expectation is currently, what was set with the Epic Game Store, now what's set with the Microsoft side of things. Mm-hmm. So the amount that they're receiving at least seems to be grounded in some logic, but speaking also as someone who has often used Humble for like purchases of games and other sorts of things like that, I did do a similar thing where a high split would usually go to charity, and it just, it's, it's just weird me out that I'm not able to continue to... Um, essentially dictate the amount that goes towards charity, especially for some reasons when the main draw of purchasing things from a bundle, besides obviously getting a bunch of great games of yesteryear that were usually pretty entertaining and usually pretty widely accepted, or at least just interesting, um, Mm. was the charities themselves being supported, you know? Right. Um, It is worth noting that even though this seems a little weird and a little scummy, um, Humble did raise over $30 million for various uh, coronavirus-related charities. Yep. Or, excuse me, they raised $30 million and uh, of various amounts, about $8.1 million of that went to uh, COVID-19 relief. So it does seem like there is, at least up till now, <laughs> something of a commitment to keep doing the charity thing. Just a little, uh, a little less. And that's yeah. kind of what I'm talking about in terms of the goodwill that they're bringing. All that money that they raised was before they made the changes. Mm-hmm. The money yeah. that they've yes. got now, that's, that's, um, anything that they raise beyond this point, once the change fully goes in, that's going to be the money that was only in those directly dictated, um, directly dictated sets that they have, the, um, the, right. the standard donation or the donate extra i'm gonna keep putting that in big old air quotes to <laughs> charity and i mean this is ultimately going to see a reduction in the amount of money that goes to charity i i, I feel 100 percent confident in saying that just because i know that there are people like myself who choose different splits that are not the default ones yep mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well that sucks humble do better please please, please. <laughs> Um, we got to get through the next story pretty quick. Paul, lead us off, please. All right. A company by the name of Esports Certification Institute has appeared with a new offer. Pay $300 to take the exam. If you pass, you'll learn a certification that tells employers in the industry that you have a strong grasp on the business side of the esports scene. The views on this seem split. Some people think it's a good idea, arguing that it is a good way to vet people in the industry, while others see it as a perhaps a form of gatekeeping and are taking it much less seriously. Yes. So, uh... Interesting story, quite honestly, because um, I think, especially now during the pandemic, a lot of people are kind of looking for new jobs, maybe even looking for new careers. Um, and esports, have, as we've discussed uh, many times on this show, is pretty lucrative now. Um, it's almost a billion dollar industry just uh, in esports alone. Um, and there's a lot more people watching from home now. We have, uh, people watching on Twitch and even on ESPN watching, uh, esports people do their esports thing. Um, and so now this certification wants to kind of let CEOs and other professionals know that, hey, this guy over here took our test mm-hmm. and he's pretty good. He, he, he knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, the Beast Coast co-CEO, I don't know what Beast Coast is, um, Brian Anderson said on Twitter, 
uh, that this makes no sense. What could I, what could possibly be on this exam where I, as an org CEO, would feel like someone who passes it would be exceptionally more qualified than someone else? Um, and, and to be quite honest, I'm, I'm of both minds here. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. fair. Yeah, I think... Oh, go ahead, you first. And I've seen some examples of what they have as, like, practice test questions. Mm. And there's stuff like... Okay, let me read you one of the example questions that they have on this mm -hmm. practice test. Your marketing team is experimenting with creating a soft drink. The ratio by volume of... I already see where this is going. The ratio by volume of flavoring to sugar to water in the drinks is 1 to 5 to 25. The soft drink will be altered so that the ratio of flavoring to sugar is halved, while the ratio of sugar to water is doubled. If the final drink contains 4 ounces of sugar, how many ounces of water will it contain? This is a... Did you pass high school test? This is a question uh, of did you get through high school and how much of that did you retain? Yeah. If it's the, if if the whole test is these kinds of questions, forty percent of the employees at an esports company have passed the ECI exam. Among the employees who have not passed the exam, thirty-two have black hair and sixteen do not. How many employees does the esports company have? What are you testing for? What is happening? <laughs> Get you with the numbers game. Yeah, on the fly math. It's <laughs> they're just it's just it's math. Kind of intimidating. How does this help you? with determining how somebody is good in esports. Yeah. What makes somebody successful? I okay, I'm going to I'm going to say I have no experience with what makes someone successful in esports, but what what to me would I would think make somebody successful in esports is their ability to know the market and to recognize talent and to potentially be able to market talent. Mm. I don't understand why being able to answer a fucking quiz question about soda ratios would help somebody or confirm that somebody <laughs> knows what they need in it's just it's, it's interesting it yeah. sounds like a yeah. scam to me honestly the more <laughs> i think about it it's because like because it's three hundred dollars and after the first week of signups it goes up to four hundred dollars the only reason this would ever become legitimate and a way that people can get into esports is i said this before the podcast is if this starts getting recognized if companies mm -hmm. require this certification then yeah that makes it legit if companies don't sign on to this and a lot of esports companies are run by younger guys like us or maybe slightly older guys generally millennials that's basically the people who are running the esports scene right now i don't think those kinds of people are going to recognize something like this as legitimate without mm -hmm. some very serious convincing now if these guys like pay a bunch of money to make their tests the standard i can see that happening but that's just uh that's just a uh justification for why we need to knock out capitalism not necessarily a justification mm. for why this test is valid it it does intrigue me though because I, I will speak honestly as someone who works primarily more on the corporate side of the world not the games world just in general mm. like certifications um part of the use of them is to demonstrate that you know your stuff that's something that's generally accepted for, like if you're a certified public accountant or if you have a certification for like security concepts like cybersecurity, networking, other sorts of things like that. Those make sense to me. Those are generally broad-based accepted by the industry is something that most people will look to as sort of the standards for, like, you understand a concept. This is on your uh, resume. This is on your CV. We understand why you put this here. This is something that we sort of expect from, you know, our standard practitioners. The other side of a certification is something to show a dedication to continuing education, right? So making sure that you 
have the uh, the gumption to continue studying, to continue keeping your body of knowledge up to date on a concept, on a given concept. So not only by getting the certification am I saying like, hey, I know this concept. It's more that hey, I know this concept right now, and I've kept myself, I've kept hitting the books on it, because that's the expectation is you have to maintain that certification for however long. So I kind of get the reason why someone would do this. Like, the esports scene is something that's developing constantly. There's always new games that are coming in. There's always people that are trying to make the next MOBA killer for Dota 2 or for uh, League of Legends. Or trying to get past mm. stuff like Counter-Strike or Valorant now, for instance. So, I think um, in a theory sense, it makes sense to me. Like, why someone would try to go and establish, like, a standardized certification for this person is committed to understanding esports as a business and as a concept. Um, it is kind of weird, though, like, in the sense of it's an industry that's inherently founded on specific games that have to be around and continue existing, as opposed to, like, a certified public accountant thing where it's like accounting is going to be around forever and ever. Amen. Like right. there's not getting away from mm-hmm. handling of money while capitalism is a system that we're still in or right. cybersecurity is we have people that we need to protect assets with. Like you're always going to have to protect those from outside influence somehow. Right. Esports is dynamic. Um, it's transient when, too. Yeah. It's dynamic and it's transient. You can play the same game, not, not, not even a different game. You can play the same game for three months and just with patches and changes, the game can be completely different within a short period of time. And that's not even talking about adapting to other games or trying to grow your markets or trying to figure out what other stuff you want to take part in. Like Valorant didn't exist a year ago and now it's one of the biggest shooters out there. It's, it's competing mm-hmm. with Counter-Strike, but Counter-Strike is still one of the biggest games out there. And you have to decide, like, do you want to invest in this new game that's appeared? Do you want to stick with the old tried-and-true guns? Trying to work within this dynamic system, I don't see how a fucking math test is going to help you with that. Mm-hmm. Or, or help certify you on that. It does seem like the questions don't fit the market, I guess. Um, and I don't know, maybe it's not as cut and dry as we think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I dabble a decent bit in marketing, um, for, uh, and, and I have for other companies and, you know, there's a lot of kind of analytics that go into it, but there's also a lot of teamwork that go into it. So like, you know, if, if you're answering these questions kind of on an individual standpoint, then I don't understand how that can help you figure out what's best for your client, whoever that esports org may be. Um, so it's, it's daunting to me. Yeah. <laughs> it, it doesn't seem, it, it seems like it, it is kind of keeping more people out rather than inviting more people to take the test. Yep. Um, and to be but, fair too, like the, the Institute itself is saying that it's trying to do this in order to broadcast like talent for more than right. just like doing it through connections. But Mm-hmm. it's games games like this especially have always been more of a social kind of aspect mm. so right. it is it is just interesting i think it will still cost you at least four hundred dollars though that's a so lot yeah got it, <laughs> go for it mm. um let's quickly do a rinse and a tumble dry of our last story 
Respawn may be working on a new project. This is evidenced only by a tweet from Vince Zampella and Stephen Kahian Wong, I'm sorry, um, asking for people to apply to uh, new positions at Respawn to help build a brand new IP from scratch. What do we think it's going to be? Titanfall 3, <laughs> baby, we did it! <laughs> no, they no, already said no, specifically. No, definitely not. not, definitely not. Yeah, I know. I, so I was reading that too, and I will pull out from the uh, the news that we got of it. It's pioneering new ways to enable adventuring until the heat death of the universe, right? That's what it is. Um, mm. This suggests to me that, one, it's probably something to do with space. So, you know, that's take, take from that what you will. Two, are they doing like a No Man's Sky kind of thing, do you think? I feel like, so that's what I kind of felt. It feels like it's open world, and it's like you get to explore this open world until you die. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like uh, Borderlands or um, what's the... Destiny. Mass Effect, that's I think, one. is what I'm thinking of. Mm. I'm thinking like Borderlands or Destiny, you know? Mm-hmm, they, mm-hmm. But like, they also are talking about playing till the heat death in the universe. It almost sounds like the way that Final Fantasy XIV was initially marketed with right. with guild leaves or with leave meets and it's just mm-hmm. like oh yeah infinite quests when really the infinite quests was like the same five or six quests based mm-hmm. on your level <laughs> i i wonder what they're talking about and what kind of implementation they're they're looking at for a game that can be played potentially forever also when i said paola i meant pay to play earlier as well. uh-huh. i was thinking about <laughs> it. i was wondering about that but yeah like for this in particular like it's it's the the main thing I'm wondering is are they going into a new genre or are they going to stick with shooters like is it going to be sort of like the um like an open world survival kind of thing is that what we're looking at am I going to be mm-hmm. another Minecraft <laughs> that's because I know like with with stuff like this too it's um I know that they say until the heat death of the universe I th- I'm sure that that's or a bit of an exaggeration um for what the expectation in some way is. in yeah. some way so like deep curious um we'll Big keep eyes curiosity. on it yes yes i'm definitely we'll excited see to see anything that respawn have. does yeah yeah <laughs> that's really it like i i enjoy respawn stuff i oh, yeah. love titanfall too i'm glad that they shall see been getting more attention for it exactly what you have in store respawn entertainment if mm-hmm. that is your real name and it is will it respawn my expectations Ooh. <laughs> look at so, you, mr clever we- <laughs> we need to wrap this show up so uh cory give our listeners a recommendation which game should they be playing or be on the lookout for my god please play monster hunter rise um i'm a nerd but please do it it's good <laughs> it's fun it's action crunchy boss fight game please mm-hmm. very good very good paul uh you know what? i'm gonna honestly toss out um near replicant 1.22 um near is a game that flew under a lot of people's radars back when it first came out a decade ago it was a sort of generic looking action adventure game in a time when the market was flooded with action adventure games and it kind of got middling reviews at the time a lot of people didn't really recognize what it was and the game kind of hides itself as what it is until later on and didn't really present itself as anything special it didn't really stand out in the market um the current version of near replicant 1.22 is a vast upgrade to the original game where if you thought that the gameplay felt clunky or slow you will find something there because the gameplay has been sped up significantly it feels a lot more satisfying 
satisfying. There's still some jank. It's still a decade-old game, and it still kind of looks like it in some ways, but they fixed a lot of issues with it. If you've never played a Nier game before, if you want to play Nier Automata at some point in the future and you haven't played it yet, which, by the way, Nier Automata is also a fucking fantastic game. You should play it. <laughs> but if you haven't played Nier Automata, this is a fantastic opportunity to pick up the game before it. Play Nier Replicant 1.22. Go play Nier Automata. You will have a fantastic time, I promise. Great. Very good, very good. Uh, my recommendation, you say? Play yeah, Ultra Fright the Kianta 2. That's all I got for you. Just do it. it. Look it up. It's free. It's free on Steam. And it's good. It's fun. So um, it's, just it's, do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take over your recommendation slot. What? It's a, oh, um, God. It's a very... <laughs> It's a very simple fighting game with very simple inputs. You don't have to learn, like, tokens or dragon punches or anything. No. Just press a button. Press yeah, button. Fun. See fun things happen. That's, it's goofy. That's really it's a goofy game. It's so goofy. I and love it's got it so rollback. much. It does. it does have rollback. It's a bit... <laughs> I forgot it, it had rollback. It's got better netcode um, than Street Fighter V. It's amazing. Truly amazing. Uh, finally, to finish off the episode, Corey, let us know if you want to be found on the internet and where we can find you, and if you have anything else to plug. Oh my god, uh, I hate being perceived, but if for some reason <laughs> I happen to know you and you want to like know my opinions, which are very You're rarely funny. communicated, uh, hit me at Endless Musings at Twitter. I mean, my account's currently locked down just because, you know, job stuff, but... Uh, that's the main thing, and I'm always here to plug my friends over at Voxus at the VO Nexus on Twitter. Paul can also speak to that. It's true. Um, but that's the main thing. I help them with organizational stuff. I help them sometimes with running the Twitter whenever Paul's, uh, indisposed. Um, and I just am glad to be a part of their project and to do that work. So, uh, hit us again at the VO Nexus on Twitter. Uh, Voxus on YouTube if you want to see us suffer through Homestuck. <laughs> You know. God bless. <laughs> the way the way you would see people suffer through <laughs> Homestock. Yes, yep. yes, of course. As always, I'm. Uh, I'll, I'll just yes. run into it. As always, I'm Paul Henderson. You can find me at Paul's Rock into it. If you like my voice, you're gonna be hearing a lot more of me. I'm gonna be out next week. I'm gonna be over at my girlfriend's place. So I won't be able to record. But um, generally, I'm expecting to record three out of four weeks out of the month. Um, generally, every fourth episode is going to be when I'm not gonna be there because I will be I. I'm usually out of town once a month. Uh, but other than that, you, you know, you're going to get to know my voice a lot more if you haven't heard it a lot lately. Look <laughs> so, at you, regular. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. I hope you guys are too. And if you don't like me, well, that's your problem. Um, so yeah, follow me at Paul's Rock and Twit. You can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Bonzi77. And I look forward to doing many, many more of these. Very good. Very good. As always, you can find me at Kamiji's Gaming on Twitter. You can find the Weekly Cooldown on Twitter as well at WK Cooldown. Be sure to visit the Weekly Cooldown Facebook page. Visit WKCooldown.com for more news and other episodes. Be sure to leave a review or comment on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Please do it. Please do it. I'll say it one more time. Please do it. Uh, it helps. It helps so much. So do it. God bless. Uh, be sure to check out the links in the description, including, of course, the Humble Bundle for this week, which uh, we will still do because any money to charity is money to charity. Yep. Support your favorite charities and support the show, of course. Uh, our logo and art is done by Corgian of Doghouse Esports. Follow him at Doghouse 
Korgian. That's D-O-G-H-O-U-S-E-C-O-R-G-I-A-N. That's on Twitter. And our intro music is done by Riki. You can follow Riki at D-O-G underscore N-O-I-S-E. That's Dog Noise. It's Doghouse Korgian and Dog Noise. Real rough in here. Uh, That's all for the weekly cooldown. I'm Kami Jace. I'm Corey. And I'm Paul Henderson. Great. And we will see you (laughs) next week. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.